Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. We're going to continue on with our our series this morning. We're in week two of our This Is Us series. And uh, last week, um, well, the series as a whole, this is a series about us, all of us together. And we have some pictures up here that we've been taking. Some of you may see yourselves up there. And uh, this series is about who we are, why we're here, and why does it matter? Why does it matter that we're here as a church? Why does it matter that we're here as people? And how does who we are impact us and the lives around us. And so we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit more today. Last week we talked about kind of our slogan that you hear, and and Jared talked about it earlier, encountering God in real life. And we talked about that last week and how we encounter God in real lives because we're just normal people living normal lives, and God wants to meet us in that place. He wants to meet us in everyday life, not just here at church on a Sunday morning or in our prayer or devotional time, but he wants to meet us in every aspect of our lives. And so our big idea last week was everyday normal life is where God wants to meet us the most. And that's true. He wants to meet us in every situation, in every moment of our lives, the good times, the bad times, the easy times. You know, he wants to be there for every part of that. And so for the next three weeks, we're going to be focusing on our mission statement. And we're going to see how encountering God in real life, how that can be affected in three specific ways which is our mission statement. And our mission statement is love people, know God, and serve the world. Everything we do here in our church is based around those three facts. It's about how do we love people, how do we know God, and how can we serve the world. And so over the next three weeks, we're really going to be focusing on these three areas. And this week, I want to focus on the first area, which is love people. And so we're going to be talking about what love looks like for our church family and what loving people also looks like in our own lives. And uh, there's a a quote that I wanted to share with you this morning. I am a Pinterest fanatic. I love Pinterest. And on my downtime, usually right before bed, I'm just kind of scrolling through. And I love all the different memes that they list on there and everything else that Pinterest is amazing for. But I came across this one last week, and it was kind of perfect for the message, and I just wanted to share it with you. It says, love varies. Love may look different from one person to the next, but one thing is constant, which is the amazing results of knowing you are seen, supported, accepted, and loved by others, even when you don't see it yourself. Pinterest meme. There was no author, so it's just Pinterest meme. <laughs> Um, but I thought this was so good because it, it explains, you know, we, we all want love. We all want to feel love. Not all of us are, you know, the mushy-gushy people who, you know, you need words of affirmation all the time. But we all need to know that we're loved, that we're accepted, that we're a part of something. And I thought this was just so good for our topic about loving people. Because not only do we need to feel it ourselves, but we need to know how to share it. We need to know how to give love just as much as we want to receive love. And because I, ha- I love object lessons so much, I have a little one uh, this morning for us. So I'm not gonna, we're not going to have people shaving today, so don't worry if you have a beard. I'm not going to make you shave it. But, um, you know, when we look at this can of shaving cream, it's just a normal can of shaving cream. We know its purpose. It's meant to, sh- don't worry, everyone's looking at me like I'm going to spray you. I'm not going to spray you. Don't worry. Everyone's face up here is like, don't do it. Um, we're not going to do that this morning. Um, But, you know, when we look at this, we know its purpose. It's a can of shaving cream. It's meant to help you when you're shaving, and that's great. But this can itself serves 
doesn't doesn't accomplish anything other than holding the product. It can't shave for you. It can't make anything smoother. It can't help the process if it's just in the can. It's just contained. But shaving cream is meant for a bigger purpose. It's meant to, when you use it, it expands. It becomes more. You know, if you use shaving cream, you do a little bit and you spread it and it expands a lot. It's also meant to make the process of shaving smoother because if you've ever shaved without using shaving cream, it ends up with a rash, with bumps, with razor burn, it's irritation because it just doesn't have that, that middle piece to help. And so shaving cream, I'm just going to pour it into this thing here. As it goes in, it just expands just a little bit and it just begins to fill up. And so it's just filling this spot here and it just continues to expand. And this is very similar to love. When we have love and we know how to use love, it expands. It becomes so much more than, than we could ever hope it to be just by sharing love, by sharing acceptance, by being there for someone else. And we talked about that a, a couple weeks ago about how important relationships are. But by knowing how to use love, it helps the process. It expands. That little bit of love that you share with someone create something so much bigger, so much bigger than just, and I love you, or how can I help you, or how can I pray for you, how can I be there for you? But it also smooths the process. When we approach relationships, when we approach conversation with love, it doesn't always have to be like, a, I love you, you're so great, you know, the things I would say to my husband, you're just the best ever. It doesn't always have to be like that. Love is being there for someone. Love is letting them know you care, just like that quote said, knowing that you're enough, knowing that you're cared about, you're loved, you're accepted. And so by having love, it helps smooth the process. If we were just to go through life with just bitterness and angriness, it doesn't allow that smoothness. Just like shaving cream, when you use it, it, it creates just a nice smooth shave. It keeps you from the bumps, from the rashes, from the irritation. And it's the same thing with love, when we love people. And so this is, leads into our perfect example of love, which the Bible is full of stories of God's love and how much he loved and cared about us. And he was the ultimate example of what love should look like. And that's what we're going to look in today and how Jesus tells us how we should love people, how that looks for us as an entire church and how that looks for us as individual people. And so we're going to look at two Bible verses. The first is John 15, 12. And in here, Jesus is saying, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. His love was unconditional. His love came without judgment. His love was just the perfect love because he cared about us. And then our second verse, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Jesus didn't ask for anything in return when he shared his love. He died for us just because he loved us. And so we love to follow the love that he first showed us. And Jesus is the ultimate example of what love is. He's the example of how love can interact with people by his actions, his reactions, his, you know, the way he interacted with people, how his love was just unconditional. And there's so many stories in the Bible of this, of just how Jesus just interacted with people. There's a story of when Jesus interacted with the man with leprosy. Jesus had just come down from, from the mountain. He had had a big talk and was, was sharing you know, his word and his truth with a whole bunch of people. We'd seen miracles that day. And then he's coming down, and then this man with leprosy comes up and says, Jesus, heal me. 
And I'm sure Jesus was probably tired when you've been talking a long time. He was doing miracles. I'm sure he was exhausted, but he took time and he said, you know what? You're healed because of your, your longing for that. We see the woman with the blood disorder and Jesus was speaking in a crowd and he was sharing, you know, truth with people. And he was engaged with this crowd around him. And this woman crawls through the crowd and touches the hem of his garment just to get healed. And he could have been irritated. He could have looked at her and been, you know, why would you do that? I'm talking. You're interrupting me. I mean, if I was up here and someone crawled up to me while I'm talking, I'd be like, that's a little weird, you know, but he didn't. He said, you know what? By your faith, you're healed because Jesus loved people in that moment. Look at his disciples. His disciples weren't perfect people. He had tax collectors. He had doctors. He had people who were fishermen. He had just ordinary people that he saw something in and showed them love and compassion Zacchaeus was one of my favorite stories as a kid. We see Zacchaeus, who wasn't the nicest man, but he was a, the Bible says he was a wee little man. And I don't know if you grew up in church, you sang the Zacchaeus was a wee little man song. Um, I always love that one. Um, but Zacchaeus, he was so small and he couldn't see Jesus and he wanted to see what this was all about. And so he climbs up in a tree and Jesus is talking amongst the people, but he sees Zacchaeus in that tree and he sees that Zacchaeus is longing for something. And so he goes to Zacchaeus and says, you know what? I'm going to go home with you today. We're going to, we're going to share a meal. That was the ultimate example of love. No matter what the situation was, no matter what their background was, no matter if they had leprosy or a, or a disorder or, you know, whatever it was, Jesus met them exactly where they were. And that is the ultimate example of love that we can see through Jesus. And so now it's our responsibility to take this, to take his word, to love others as he has loved us, to take it and then turn it around and use it in our own lives. And so today as we go through loving people, we're also going to tie in our core values as a church. We have five core values, and we'll be going over those over the next few weeks, but we're going to focus on two specifically today that tag on to loving people. And the first one is relationships first. We have to have relationships with people. And we're going to go into this a little bit more um, as we go on. And then the second one is everyone is welcome. So in order to love people, we have to put relationships first. And then, in, and then we also have to make sure that everyone is welcome. So first with relationships first, we need to prioritize relationships with people. It needs to be the first goal in every scenario. No matter what, we need to build relationships with people. We can solve problems through relationships, through conversation. We believe that people grow the most through relationships. You know, just a couple weeks ago, we talked all about relationships, and I was up here sharing about how important that is, and it's true. Relationships are so important. Life is not meant to be lived alone, and we have to have relationships with people. And you hear me say this all the time, life groups. Life groups is a great place to build those relationships. If you are currently in a life group, you get this. You know how important it is to have relationships. And if you're not, you're probably like, well, I don't really want to. It's another night of the week. It's just another commitment. I don't really want people knowing my baggage. I don't want to have to share. You need to be a part of a life group. It is life-changing. It changed my life when I joined a life group even being a, in ministry and growing up in the church, being a part of an intimate group of people where you can share and you can have people who know you and love you is so important. So I encourage you, you'll hear me say this again and again, join a life group. It is life-changing. It is that missing piece that will help you to be able to have a special relationship in your life. And then also relationships first looks like Sunday lunches. Come to lunch. 
Have relationships. Build relationships together. We don't go out to lunch just because we love food. I mean, food's always good. Um, But, you know, we go because we build relationships. We get to know people. I know people because I have conversation with them. You know, I can look and I say, I'm going to pick on a couple people, sorry. Annie, I know Annie's from Texas, and so she's going to be going home in a couple weeks for the summer, and we'll miss her. But I know that because I've had conversations with her. You know, I know that Kylie, even though we're family, I know that she loves to read. I know that she wrote a book. I know this because of conversation. I know that Aubrey's dad is a pastor because we've had conversation. Relationships are so important. It's how we get to know each other. So we need to make sure that when people are coming in, we're getting to know them, having a conversation with them, getting to know what's going on in their life. No matter what's going on, no matter what their background is, no matter where they've come from, where they're headed, where they're trying to figure out what's going on, relationships are so important, and we need to be there for them. We need to be that love that spreads, that love that shines through in that moment. So that's why relationships first are so important. We encounter God in real life by loving people, and we love people by putting relationships first. I'm going to read that again. We encounter God in real life by loving people, and we love people by putting relationships first. It's so much easier to love someone when you know about them. But you can't know about them if you don't take the time to have a conversation. If you don't take a moment to get to know someone when they walk in the door, just a simple, hi, how are you? Where are you from? How'd you find out about us? You should come to lunch with us. That's where relationship starts, by invitation and uh, getting to know people. And then the other part of this is everyone is welcome. What does that look like? Sometimes that, that seems a little tricky in church. People put labels on, on what is everyone welcome? Is everyone really welcome? They are. This is our core value of ours because this is part of God's heart. This is part of God's character that everyone is welcome. When, when Jesus was out doing his ministry, he never once said, oh, you know what? I know what you did yesterday. Sorry. He never did that. Instead, he went right for those people and said, you know what? I know what you did yesterday, and I love you, and I care about you. I know what your struggle is, and I love you, and I care about you. When people are welcome despite their differences, it tears down barriers and creates opportunities for relationships. That's incredible. When people are welcomed despite their differences, it tears down barriers. That's so important. We don't, we don't discriminate against people. It doesn't matter what they look like, where they came from, their background, you know, what, how much money they make, how much little they make. If they're in school, they dropped out of school. It doesn't matter. Everyone is welcome, no matter what their background is. We don't close doors on an opportunity for conversation. I know uh, Pastor Jared says this all the time. Everything is open for conversation. You know, we have, we have things that we stand on as a church and as Christians, but everything deserves a conversation. Because if I immediately have a conversation with someone and they're like, you know, I don't know what to think about Jesus or I don't know what to think about church. Oh, sorry, get out because this is only if you love Jesus club. No, everything is open for a conversation. Allow people to share their hearts. Allow people to have a conversation. That's why we come to church. We come to church to figure it out, to have questions. We talk about the encounter journey on Sunday mornings. We talk about this journey that we've created for people because we're all on different journeys in our faith. We're all in different parts of our lives. Some of us have it figured out, maybe. Some of us are trying to figure it out. Some of us are just here because someone dragged us along. It doesn't matter. We're here because God has a journey for us, and we want to welcome people in every aspect of that. Everyone is a different place of their lives, and we want to allow a place for growth. So that's why we say 
everyone is welcome. No one is turned away. I don't care who you are. You're welcome. And I will greet you at the front door and I'll give you a hug because I love hugs. And I will wish you to have a good week and we'll have a conversation because that's what it's like. That's what Jesus was about. Relationships first and everyone is welcome. We encounter God in real life by loving people. We love people by putting relationships first. We also love people by making sure everyone is welcome. I'm going to repeat that again. We encounter God in real life by loving people, by sharing God's love with people. We love people by putting relationships first. We also love people by making sure everyone is welcome. Love doesn't need to have attachments. Love doesn't need to be this, this thing that comes with all of these like small letter words down at the bottom, all of these catchphrases and stuff down here. Love is just loving people, making sure that they feel welcome, knowing that everyone is welcome. And you do that by having relationships with people. It's so important. So how does this apply to me? It, it's, you know, we hear all this and we're like, okay, that applies to the church. We've been talking about the church and how we accept people. But how does this apply to me personally? How can I take this and apply it to my own life? Well, our big idea today is this. Love is contagious when we learn how to be a carrier. Love is contagious when we learn how to be a carrier. We have to learn how to carry love, how to present love, how to truly love people. Not in the I love you, the romantic love, but how just to love people. I can tell you that I love each and every one of you. Why? Because I care about you, because I have a relationship with you, because I know you. So when you're not here on a Sunday morning, I wonder, why aren't they here? I hope they're okay, because I love you. I care about you, and that's what is so important. Love is contagious when we learn how to be a carrier. And the perfect, one of the most perfect examples of love is in 1 Corinthians 13. And this, I'm sure most of you have heard this at least once or twice, maybe more than that in your life. It's a very common, I had to memorize this, I think when I was like eight or nine um, in church. But it's such a beautiful picture of what love is. And so we're just going to read through this together. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about the injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. We build relationships by knowing people. We know people by loving people. And this is how we love, with patience, by being kind, By not boasting, being rude, we love genuine love. We talked about it a couple weeks ago, you know, when we want to love people through the good times, through the bad times, through every aspect of your life, that's what love is. Love is being happy for those, even when they have something that you want. Love is being happy and uh, caring for people in every aspect of their life. Love doesn't keep record of wrong. Maybe someone's wronged you. Love doesn't keep record of that. Love learns to forgive and move past that. And we need to do that in our own lives. We need to learn to love. We love by making others aware of that love. So some personal action steps that we can take is getting to know someone new. When someone comes in the church, if it's their first time or maybe it's their 50th time, get to know them. I'm sure that each and every one of us, most of us, could look around the room and there's probably someone that you haven't had a real conversation with. Get to know people. 
stick around a little bit longer. Maybe you're someone who likes to just, church is over and you, you hit the door. Get to know someone. Take some time. Have a conversation. Come out to lunch. You know, take that extra moment because you'll never build that relationship if you don't allow yourself to have the time to do that. So stick around. What's an extra 10 minutes on a Sunday morning? What's an extra hour, hour and a half to go out to lunch and have a conversation? I guarantee with Alonzas there, there won't be awkwardness. We'll, we'll have a conversation. We'll pull you in. We'll love you. So come and join us for lunch. Give a personal invitation. Invite someone to go to lunch. Invite someone to your life group. If you're a part of a life group and you know how that's changed your life, invite someone. Be that invitation. Be that barrier breaker to invite someone to come in. Invite someone to go out for lunch, to go out for dinner. Invite them over to your house. Find a common interest. Go to a movie. Hang out together. Make that personal invitation. You know, you see someone come in on a Sunday morning and they're sitting alone. Invite them to sit with you. Go sit by them. Take down those awkward barriers that that prevent people from building that relationship or making that connection. And then the last one is get involved. And that includes you. Get others involved. If you see someone who's not involved, pull them in. Get them involved. But that also includes you if you're not involved, if you're not a part of a life group. I told you I was going to talk about that a lot. If you're not part of a life group, join a life group. If you're not part of the dream team, join the dream team. Some of the greatest relationships I've built have been here on a Sunday morning setting up for church, just having conversation about our weeks or when we're tearing down after church and having conversations. Join a team. Be a part of a group. There's so many different connection points for you. We have starting point next week. Come and be a part of that if you haven't joined a team yet. Learn how you can do that. But get involved. So get to know someone new. Look around the room. Find someone that you haven't had a conversation with. Have a conversation with them. Get to know them a little bit better. Give a personal invitation. Invite someone to lunch today. Invite someone to your life group this week. Invite someone just to go out and have a cup of coffee this week. And then get involved for yourself. And then also invite others to get involved. Love is contagious when we learn how to be a carrier. We can't be a carrier unless we're willing to take that step. So I encourage you this week, put relationships first. Put others ahead of yourself. Get to know people. Get to know the ones that you haven't interacted with before. And let people know that they're welcome. Everyone's welcome. No matter who walks in the door, they're welcome. They're a part of something. Because you know what? There was a time in your life where you had to make that step. And there was someone there that broke that barrier for you. Maybe it was here at Encounter. Maybe it was at another church. But I know how awkward that is going into a a church or a new place. I just had to do it this weekend and and was with people I didn't know very well. And it can be awkward, but you have to make that step. You have to build those relationships. We need to love as Christ first loved us and be that example. And that's how we grow as a church, both inside our hearts and physically by building relationships, by getting to know people. So I just encourage you to take time. And just really, really think about how that you can build those relationships in your life, how you can get involved, who you can get to know, who you can build a relationship with, because you never know. Your next best friend could be sitting right next to you or right in front of you, and you just haven't had the opportunity to get to know them a little better. Stick after church today. Have some conversations with people. Get to know people. Let's love people. Let's spread love around. And in return, make that process smoother along the way. Let's close in prayer. If everybody wants to stand up. Jesus, I thank you for just your amazing love.
You love us exactly where we are. You love us because you are the ultimate example of love, and we're so grateful for that. God, I pray that you will just pour in our hearts more love. Help us to see those who need your love. Help us to build relationships. Help us to be able to step out of our comfort zones and reach out to people. Help us to be able to show people the love that you've shown us. God, I pray that you will open our eyes to see people that need your love. Open our eyes to build and connect relationships. Tear down the barriers that are built in with in ourselves that we put up so that we won't connect with people. God, I pray that you will just soften our hearts. Help us to expand our love to others. Help us to smooth that process. Open our hearts with so much love. We thank you. I pray that you will just bless all the moms, all the moms-to-be, all the ladies in the church today. God, I pray that you will just bless us as we go forward and, and are able to celebrate this day. And for the rest of us, God, help us to have a good week. We thank you that you loved us and you accepted us exactly where we were because that's how big your love was. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.